on today's show, we're actually going to be talking about something new that we haven't talked about before, which is mental health, eating disorders, and anxiety, and all types of things like that. Uh, so on today's show, I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and with me I have... <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, do I say my name? Yeah, Blaine yes. Gibson. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we switched it up. Oh, we thought okay. we were going to meet. We switched it up. A special guest, Katie Morton, Woo! is here today. And Mary Elsos. And me. Nothing <laughs> important. I know. I forgot to communicate that with them. I'm just like, we're going to do her losses like a surprise. But now you guys know. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. It's the Katie Morton. That's why I was like, go. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so the way to initiate you onto the show is to do a shot of alcohol. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's how we get things started. It's true. <laughs> I like to party. So this shot, this is our shot out of the week. It is the salted nut roll. Mm. And is submitted by Sasha S. And it consists of rum chata and butterscotch schnapps. Mm. Real good. So cheers. And it has cheers. a salted rim, cheers. I believe. So we can't yeah. really clink yeah. the glasses. They don't they're yeah. like salty. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, so if it's delicious, I made it. And if it's not, I didn't. Okay. It's delicious. It's delicious. Oh, I made it. Oh, I don't even know if it needs a salt. Oh, that's something else. Meryl, <laughs> that was great. Was it? Should that's I quit really my job? Good. I think you should. Right. No, please don't quit. <laughs> no, no, we do love you, but, but also do this. But also, it makes sense. Mm. First time I drink alcohol in like a month. What Did I, just, I just like pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine's like, out. I was like, how are you doing? <laughs> so as we mentioned before, we have Katie on the show this week. And Katie... We, let's hear a bit about you because I don't know if a lot of our viewers are familiar with you. Yeah, so my name is Katie Morton. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. What that really means is any type of therapy, like how does that make you feel? Like I see individuals, but I specialize in eating disorders and self-injury. And I have a YouTube channel where I talk about all things mental health. Huh. And where do people awesome. find that YouTube channel? Um, just YouTube slash Katie Morton, K-A-T-I-M-O-R-T-O-N. Beautiful. It's like you rehearsed that. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking a lot about the stuff that you specialize in because a lot of us have questions and a lot of the audience has questions. We actually asked the audience to send in questions and we received over 900 wow. submissions Damn. from yeah. people. So. Huh? It's a real big shame that we can't get to everyone's question because we would love to be able to answer them and talk about them. So we only picked a few, tried to make them more general so that we could kind of hit every little topic. And I have like over 800 videos on YouTube. So if they have a specific yeah, question, put my name in the search. And, and they'll probably be able to find yeah, it. Yeah, with some keywords. You can just do the first nine-hour episode of Always Open. <laughs> I know. I, I, honestly, I honestly was trying to get, like, Mariel's therapy hour, but Barbara was like, no, I don't think so. Like, yeah. I don't know, really, like, so, I mean, I, you know. Your response to everything is just drink alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Meryl has a lot of questions. Yeah. We're going to need more pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm going to need, like, six hours with you after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start off with uh, our Ask Us Anything question, and this is for everyone. <clears throat> Have you ever experienced anxiety, depression, or any other form of mental illness? and how did you deal with it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was mostly after college. Um, it actually kind of started in college um, when I first came out to my parents and like moved back home for the summer and had just gotten out of really like long distance um, serious relationship and was just like, I feel so terrible. What is this? And it was kind of like, okay, this is, you know, um, all of my surroundings and things are kind of making me feel this way. Mm -hmm. And um, it was horrible. And then... Yeah, I'm just like an anxious bundle of nerves most of the time. You um, you talk about how like you cry every day. Oh yeah, I like I <laughs> like, have two. Also that. Also that. that. Also that. But like I I that's how you know I'm not a sociopath because I have too much empathy. <laughs> like I'm just like that's how you so know. empathetic, yeah. right? 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't like I don't like sit at home and cry all the time. Like I'll watch like a YouTube video about like nothing that will make me cry and cry about it because yeah. I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> but no, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely a um, should probably be seeking help for real. Um, yeah, I should go to therapy. But yeah. <laughs> well, you you talk about how, and I don't know if you want to bring this up later, but you think about death all the time. You said. Oh yeah, that's something where Katie and I are going to discuss later um, okay. after the show. Dive into that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just see what's going on in there. Because let me tell you, it's fucked up. Just open up, uh, shake it up, hold it down, see what we're working yeah, see what you could, the puzzle pieces that you can put together. But yeah, no, I uh, definitely should be going to therapy. Yeah. I should probably start doing that soon. I uh, I've definitely experienced both anxiety and depression, but I wasn't able to recognize it. Um, I think for a long period of time in my life. There would be a lot of times where I would get invited out because I was like so popular. <laughs> um, and I would just like not want to go and mm-hmm. I couldn't identify why. And I would be like, I don't want to be around people right now. Yeah. I just like, I can't deal with this right now. And people would be like, why don't you want to come out? And I wouldn't be able to be like, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. Right? But I can't describe what that feeling was. Yeah. Um, and that still happens to me a lot. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of people still don't recognize mental health as like a an issue yeah, because and of that. depression and anxiety like teeter mm-hmm. because they're like not to get like science oh, no, but in the brain they're do. like located right next to each other pretty much yeah where we know like where it resides and where what things are you know causing it mm-hmm. and so they'll kind of toggle between one and the other like sometimes we'll feel depressed and our anxiety be low and then our anxiety is high and we we like not don't feel depressed but if we feel them at the same time that's when people usually feel suicidal think about death a lot stuff like that it happens to me i think a lot more with the rise of social media too, mm-hmm. um, where you could see basically what everyone is doing and what yeah. you weren't included in. That's yeah. FOMO, man. And it, it's that, it's <laughs> that sense of wanting to be included, but also know like if I was invited, I probably would have said no. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like, oh, like they didn't invite me, but if they did, I probably wouldn't I probably have wanted wouldn't have to gone. go. You're, I still want to wish I was there. You're doing that petty thing where like you're out traveling and you're like, oh, well, thanks for the invite. And you're like, you're out of town. It's like, <laughs> I was still wanted an invite. Yeah. I still remember um, there was one time where I was with a, a bunch of our, our lady friends here at the company. And <laughs> all right. Our lady we all, Barbara, come on. <laughs> we, all went, we all went out. Um, we had like a spa day and then like we went to the pool after and we took a picture together. And I guess there was like two guys in the pool also because it was like at a hotel. Oh yeah, so they were there too. It's like a free yeah, space. They were like behind us in the photo. You couldn't see their heads, but they, according to Blaine, looked like two of our guy friends. Aaron and Josh. I thought it was Aaron and Josh. And so, he was super offended. So Blaine was like, "Thanks for the invite. <laughs> it's just a girls' day. Like <laughs> it was girls only. Because you just you could just recognize them by like their chest. I know. Like, yeah, he's furry. He's got a six pack. That's Aaron and Josh. I think there's more stories to why we think. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, anxiety and depression I definitely experienced that Uh, back in high school my dad got a new coaching job well this happened actually twice to where I moved school districts so I left my entire group of friends had to go to a completely different school and this is high school when you're like trying to figure out who you are and stuff like that and for a sophomore going in like the last month of school and just like having no friends and all that stuff it was it was rough yeah and I bet being like the coach's kid too yeah that actually can't work to my advantage because I found myself hanging out with my dad a lot more and I think my dad and I are a lot closer now because mm-hmm. of that but like I just really latched onto him so I'd like go eat lunch with my dad and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it was rough though like I didn't I would wake up in the morning with like sweats and mm-hmm. I'm just like I just don't want to go to school I'm yeah. just super nervous about what's going to happen today 
Yeah, that's something I always tell parents. I'm like, if your child doesn't want to go to school, like, inquire as to why and what's yeah. going on yeah. if they're not fitting in. Because usually, I mean, no one wants to go to school, let's be honest. My parents are like, yeah. oh, I'm sick. Or my mom be like, I'm going to take your temperature. No, <laughs> just, I'm sick. <laughs> Trust me. I want to go. Just believe me. So, but if they don't, you know, if it's like giving you physical, like, sweats. Yeah. yeah. So well, when did, like, people start recognizing mental health as more like an actual medical thing? Because it was pretty recently, right? Yeah. And I, I would even like venture to say that we still have a lot of work to do yeah. when yeah. it comes oh, to yeah. that. Sure. Because people still assume, you know, that that it's not necessary to be treated. They don't. It's not like they think of it in the same way you think of like a broken leg. Right. Like even though depression or anxiety can be just as debilitating. Like, oh, I'm not going out or oh, I don't want to go to school or whatever. People don't consider it that like we would like a broken leg. They're like, oh, you can just... Just walk it off. Yeah. You'll grow yeah. out of it. Yeah. It'll get better. And that's I think there's also the, the stigma that it has to be brought on by an, an event right. or like there's a, a way to describe like why I feel this way. Yeah. But, but you don't have to have that. There, I, for me, most of the time, it's just like I just feel down Yeah, for That'd no be like reason. Asking someone with cancer like, well, what triggered it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, what about you? Um, I, To be honest, I think most recently like anxiety has been an issue that yeah. I deal with and I... It's funny because when you when you preach something, I'm like, damn, Katie, use your own tools. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are you doing? You know, because I recognize, you know, when you're in it, you can't always think clearly and think about it. Yeah. And, you know, life gets stressful and things are anxiety provoking. And so I'll like be up at night like, ugh, ugh. And I'll think, do your progressive relaxation you always talk about and that breathing technique that you talked about. And, you know, so I, I am, a, I think I'm maybe more aware and would notice quicker, mm -hmm. but I still have bad times too. What about as a kid? Do you think you ever experienced anything? When my parents had like marital problems when I was probably, I don't know, maybe like 12. Mm -hmm. And so I went to counseling. And that was the first time I ever started like therapy, mm. which, and I like almost never stopped. Like I loved it so much. And that's when I decided that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I think I was depressed. That'd be my guess because I, I was like not interested in the things I used to be interested in. I hear that's a big thing about depress the being depressed is just being not interested. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the number one that we call anhedonia is like the term, but it's like, I just don't like the things I used to like. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely, and everything felt like a chore. Like, oh, I don't want it. It's so much work. Like, ugh. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get into our first user-submitted question. Since we have so many, we picked a few that we thought were good. Um, so this one is submitted by a user named Boo, and Boo wants to know, I am currently dealing with depression and anxiety, and I often find it hard to explain to people what I am going through. I was in a situation recently where I wasn't feeling up to going to something my friends and I had planned. I simply told them that I was feeling too anxious to go out, but all I got in return was them telling me that I only use my mental health issues as an excuse. Is there anything I could do to help people understand mental illness more? So I, I assume that's a very common question. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of it just has to do like having conversations like this. The more that we talk about it in general, the more people understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think seek to understand it because it's been stigmatized so much like you must be crazy or something's wrong with you or you're using it as an excuse or yeah. you're pretending for attention or any of the things that we hear. And I think telling your friends when you're having a hard time is a step in the right direction and it's good. And I think if you're, if people out there are like feeling nervous about it and worried about how to talk to someone, like practice. I know that sounds crazy to practice like in your room by yourself. Like we know you're not crazy. We're just practicing <laughs> so you know how to verbalize it. And then imagine what they'd say back and that can help you better navigate those situations. But the onus is really on the friends. Yeah, yeah. That, that exact same thing happened with me, but um, it was when I first started dating my girlfriend and we were, had just started seeing each other and there were, times that I, you know, be like, oh, we have the, these plans to go out. And then she'd be like, oh, like, you know, she'd cancel last minute or whatever. And I was like, 
okay, like I finally laid down the law and I was like, listen, if you're not interested, like just tell me, I don't want to like waste your time or whatever. And she was like, okay, so I have to tell you, like I have uh, like severe anxiety problems. Like sometimes I can't leave the house. Sometimes I can't do this. And then it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Like yeah. in my head, I was like, kind of like, I wish you would have told me sooner, but I'm glad you've told me now. Cause like now I know it's like, it's it was, you. it's not me. And it's yeah. it, not that it's you, but it's, it's something you can't really control. And it's like, yeah. Well, it could also seem like you're being flaky. Right. And that probably mm-hmm. happens to a lot of people where we all have those friends mm-hmm. who are just like, this person's such a flake. Right. They always cancel last minute uh-huh. or they never come out or whatever. Like they just don't show up. And it's very possible they're just anxious or feeling some type of thing where they just can't come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or yeah. they may have even driven all the way there and be like, shit. Yeah. Nope. Back the house, you know. Yeah. That's one of those things that, like, I've only just now recently kind of comprehended what that is, and it's like I, fi- I figured it's like one of those things that, like, I haven't gone through that type of experience. I've never had a problem going out, so I can't really process what that is like. So it doesn't make sense to me when someone else says it. But then, like, recently, it's like, well, you've never been through that, and that's why you can't wrap your head around it. So, yeah, I, I think I've gotten a lot more aware of like certain friends. Like, I have a couple of friends that go through that type yeah. of thing. And I try to be as sensitive as possible and be like, yeah, no, it's you know, it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I try to compare it to, like, imagine if all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't feel well. That's essentially, like, what it can be like. Because yeah. for the people, at least in my experience and, like, people I've talked with and even my own personal, like, feelings of anxiety, it can get to the point, especially if you have panic attacks ever, mm. it can be like, I'm dying and drowning. I'm dying. Oh, I can't breathe. It can be, you know, so it's completely debilitating. What is a, a panic attack like? Because I, I actually know some people who experience panic attacks, and they try to explain it to me, and I could never fully grasp it. Like one in is, my life. Is there a way yeah. that like people could describe it or like a way that people would know what a panic attack is? Everybody's different. Yeah. Like a lot of things, but the like the drowning and dying. I know that sounds like really dramatic, but that's how it feels. Yeah. And so that's usually how people will describe it. Like I felt like I was dying or drowning or I didn't know who I was. Like because yeah. it, it, when our body gets overcharged, our brain does this amazing thing where it like we dissociate because mm-hmm. it's like I'm checking out. This is too much. It's like Sorry. hit the eject button. And so like watches us like pulls up and it's like. Okay, you're gonna be okay. We're just gonna calm down for a bit, and so that they sometimes will be like, I don't even remember, like the blackout. Yeah, for the time, don't know where they are, mm-hmm. like who they're with. Yeah, but like racing hard, hard to breathe. What are some ways to like deal with that? Like, are there steps people could take if they're yes. experiencing that? Okay. <laughs> so usually the first thing is like noticing because we all have different. Like it feels different to everybody. Mm-hmm. So for you, does it start like with adrenaline tingling in your fingers? Is it your breathing? Is it your heart racing? What is it? The first thing because that point you can actually do the most. So catching it early, once you're in a panic attack, you just have to ride it out. Yeah. I know that sounds shitty because it's like, well, I want to help myself. It's like it's too, it's gone too far. Once it's already, yeah. So we try to backtrack to like the first symptom and anything from, it sounds weird, but movement, like not fast, not like running, but like walking or like rubbing your legs can help you like stay grounded, help you calm, progressive relaxation, breathing techniques, eye contact, which sounds really weird, but someone that you care about. Eye contact can be really powerful. Is it like a calming thing? or mm-hmm. oh, Okay. It's the, I just learned this, actually, because one of my um, friends is a trauma specialist. Mm-hmm. And so, like, sucky candies, because an eye contact simultaneously calm you the most, because, like, a baby feeding. Oh, yeah. wow. It's like our body's wired to be, like... Doesn't do a very primal <sighs> kind of space. It's like, yeah. Barbara, I hit you up, and I got a sucker in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Yeah, like, what, just like, right up look at me. I need this, Barbara, please. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. So, like, neck movement, too. Hmm. So, anyway, that kind of area helps calm the most, and it can be, like, easy to do. I'm curious. If I've ever been in, like, high-stress situations, there's been times where I've, like, 
Should I yell right now? Is that mm-hmm. a good thing totally. to do? Okay. Yeah, scream in your car. Okay, man. then I haven't thought about it. I do that sometimes where I'll oh. just be like, fuck, <laughs> and I just yell. And I'm just like, okay. Like, like, I don't know if that's was... normal or not. No, so it's totally normal. I do that when I'm driving sometimes. Mm-hmm. If someone really like, usually if someone pisses me off while I'm driving or uh-huh. like cuts me off or does something dumb, I'll be like, piece of shit. You look yeah. crazy. <laughs> but when I'm like really stressed, I'll just be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I feel you're like, hmm. you totally. Nice no, release. yelling is really, because it takes like your body, it's something about like movement and like you stole the throat and you're like getting it out. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I've been on the top of like parking structures in my Jeep, just been like, ah, just like yelling. And then I'm like, all right, back to work. <laughs> I like, off we go. For some reason, I picture like other people watching that happen and like the Jeep just shakes a whole bunch. <laughs> or they hear like a, <laughs> Is he okay? Yeah. Loud music. It's a, yeah. Don't worry about it. Or like scream totally. into a pillow or something. Yep, scream into a pillow. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. All those things. I'm Anything gonna, like that. I feel like I should be like writing No, I, I seriously was like, God, I wish I had a pen. But I, I mean, I guess I can watch this back. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know. Well, it's kind of uh, archived forever yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of always been afraid of doing that because I didn't know if it was like, is this, you know, like a good thing to do? But now yeah. I feel... It is. It's a very good... Yeah. It's like your body's... You're keeping yourself like in the, the resilient zone. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. My panic attacks have always been at night. There was one though I had right um, before. Oh my gosh, it was at ACL this past year. Who's closer? Who's closer? Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, 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 they're like such a good band. Oh, that's <laughs> what, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, know the way you're talking about. You know, Keep going with um, the story. <laughs> like twelve people in the band. They had a Muppets video. Whatever. Anyway, Panic Attack. Trans Siberian right Orchestra. Right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna hate Lady myself. Gaga. I'm gonna <laughs> hate myself. Later. I know. Like, ah. I get right in the middle of a different conversation. I'm like, it was those people. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know this word's probably gonna come up. But the, the, just the stigma associated with all that stuff is because, especially growing up, how I did in in a small conservative town with the Mexican family, like you just don't talk about yeah. this stuff. It wasn't until after college that I realized, like. Oh, like my grandmother is this way because she mm-hmm. is anxious. She does take medication. Then I found out my dad takes medication. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, I don't feel so alone. I just, there's yeah. such a, I don't know if it's like Mexican machismo or what it is, but it's just like, you don't talk about your feelings. Like, yeah. not just about your feelings, but you don't talk about how you're feeling or like mm-hmm. why you're feeling that way. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's common with a lot of families. Yeah. And I think it's also like, we're talking like things are moving forward, not only culturally, but like as, as we, go into the 2000, 2016, 2017, like people are talking more about mental health and the stigma is hopefully lessening. Yeah. And we also have the internet so we can connect more versus being like, something's wrong with me. Oh my right. God, don't tell anybody. Yeah. You know? It's funny how the internet is both like detrimental but also helpful yeah. to the cause of just like more resources, more people to talk to about it, but also like, oh, I could see everything I'm missing it's out on and everything yeah. like yeah. people are saying about me and reading comments. Like I know for us especially, like, oh, comments, and I'm yeah. sure you too and YouTube videos. Yeah. So like, what do people think about me? Oh, it's yeah. not good. Oh, he called me what a shit butt. Oh, <laughs> See, totally. Oh my God. Trolls. And then you have like the other spectrum where it's just like, I would drag my dick through a mile of broken glass <laughs> to smell one of her farts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best compliment. I've seen that exact call. I was like, how'd you pull <laughs> that out? Yeah, there's no way you can. I'm that just so like, quickly. let me tell you, my fart ain't worth it. <laughs> 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 maybe you know what? Maybe it is though, Barbara. Maybe it's it such a visual. It's just Don't too much. Die. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about instead of glass, you do flowers? <laughs> no, don't drag your dick through flowers. Thorns. <laughs> 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 no, just no dick dragging. Let's just. There you go, Blaine. Oh, Ooh, beautiful. Ooh. There are some things Don't. in life we prefer to delay. <laughs> like filing taxes or visiting the dentist, seeing your wife or girlfriend smile shouldn't be one of them. So this year, get ahead of the game with 1-800-Flowers.com, the official florist of Valentine's. 
1-800 Flowers has great deals on elegant and stunning bouquets that are sure to wow her. Right now, you could order 18 radiant red roses for only $29.99 or upgrade your bouquet of 24 red roses for just $10 more. These breathtaking roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness and your loved one's amazement. 18 red roses for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more is an amazing Valentine's Day offer, but it's only available while supplies last. Every bouquet is backed by 1-800-Flowers 100% smile guarantee. If you or your loved one has any issues, 1-800-Flowers will make it right. To order 18 roses for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash always open. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash always open. Why wait to wow? Order right now at 1-800-Flowers.com. What were you doing that whole time? <laughs> <laughs> that was in my mouth the whole time. He was, he was, yeah. yeah, you weren't doing anything They're with it, beautiful. Right? They're beautiful. They are beautiful. They're right behind my shot. Yeah. I need to order mine as soon as this podcast is done because... Uh, well, it's fresh in the minds. There you go. Well, 1-800-Flowers.com slash always open. You'll get a good deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next question. This one comes from a user named Cosmo. And Cosmo writes, My brother has depression and social anxiety. These conditions are keeping him from gaining employment and supporting himself. I've tried everything I could to think to motivate him to get into getting out there, but nothing seems to work. How can I help him? How do we help people? And the truth isn't, isn't a nice answer. And it's not that it's mean, but I always tell people, I'm like, you're not going to like this. But they have to help themselves. Mm. And it sucks. And it can be hard to watch people like, mm, you know, we're like, they're not making good decisions or they're really struggling or whatever. The best way we can help is just check in with them, make time for them, and encourage good behavior. Yeah. And like, if you can help, like, let's say, you know, they want someone to come with them to drive with them to a job interview or to an appointment or something that's hard for them to get to and they feel anxious about or they struggle with, you can offer that support, but then that's really it. Yeah. You can't be like, you got to do this. You got to, because we all know for, if someone's like, come on, come on, it just almost makes us act in the opposite direction. Yeah. You don't want to. It makes you feel pressured. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe feel worse. Yeah. And that's not because we're being an asshole or anything. It's because we're trying to help, but we, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. They have it's to want you, it for themselves. I assume you can never really understand someone else's situation. Even if you mm-hmm. do experience that yourself, everyone's yeah. different, right? So totally. Totally. If they can't do it. What do you mean by encouraging good behavior? Like um, when they're like, oh, I thought about doing this, but I can't do it or whatever. I'm feeling too stressed. Or, like, like, no, you got but me. no, you got it. Yeah, like yeah. I can help. How can I help? Like then, then it's kind of like open for you to get in there and help them. Yeah. But for you to come in like, I got the answers and I can fix it ends right. up giving us the opposite result. Yeah. I imagine it also helps to go to them a lot. Like I know when I'm feeling like I don't want to participate in something or go somewhere, it's like if someone's like, I'll come to you. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I could do that. Like, I had uh, Meryl and, and Bethany come over to my place the other day, and I'm just like, I'm totally down to hang out unless we go somewhere else. Yeah, yes. as long as it's here. <laughs> we're, we were watching The Bachelor. We watched The Bachelor. Oh, God. <laughs> Trust me, like, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> Barbara's place is great. She's a wonderful hostess, but that show. I made us du jour I can't even watch it. Yeah. Du <laughs> jour. Yeah, yeah stuff like that. It's easy then. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, I don't. I just don't feel up to going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then, if, yeah, if you offer to go to someone's house and hang out with them, low key. Yeah. And it can help. It makes improves their mood, helps them feel better, maybe not feel so alone. All that stuff is good. But I understand the concern because this person writes that, I think it's their brother, mm-hmm. about how like they need to motivate them to get a job and, yeah. and employment and things like that, which I think could be difficult because you don't want to be like supporting someone totally your whole life. Mm. And it, 
I'm a tough love therapist. I'm just going to put it out there. So I'm the type that's like, you don't need to enable them. And I know that they're hurting, but like they have to fend for themselves. They have to get the help that they need and be ready for it. And if we just support them the whole time, it's like when parents like allow their children to not go to school and they don't talk to them about it. They don't try to get them help or try to figure anything out or encourage them to, you know, to do good behavior. Things can like progress badly really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so if he's not paying his part and not doing this, then, you know, you can give a time limit and say, you know, in two months, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, and I know that sounds harsh, but that's why I call it tough love because it's like that's part of encouraging good behavior. I know it sounds bad, but do, like, do ultimatums actually like help or does that add pressure? And... It can add pressure. I don't like to think of it as an ultimatum, even though in cases it will have to be just mm. because if it's a living situation or if it's yeah. like a relationship and things are just spiraling out of control. Um, I always tell people on like if on the helping side, like the caretaker side, I'm like, you have to take care of yourself too. And if this is like really hard on you and like extremely stressful and detrimental, that's not good for you. Yeah. And we both, we can't like spiral together. You know, yeah. we've all had those like friends that bring us down and we like find ourselves in like a negative thought cycle. Like, ah, so yeah, that, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I imagine I tough, the biggest issue probably comes from people not understanding where the person's coming from mm-hmm. and being like, oh, just like, just go get a job. Or yeah. Like, just go like, go to like McDonald's or whatever. Not thinking like, oh, I need to understand where this person's coming from, yeah. understand the struggles they're having and like why they're feeling this way or what I could do to help. Because I feel like can. a lot of people, like family members or friends or even people in relationships are just like, ugh, they're just lazy. Totally. Yeah. And the, oh, yeah, lazy is like the first thing. And I think that's kind of the part of like supporting the good behavior and being like understanding. And honestly, the first thing you could support is them getting help. Yeah. Like before money, before jobs in school, like getting professional help can go a long way. What are the steps to getting help? Because I, I don't wouldn't know anything about like finding a therapist yeah, or like someone to talk to. Let me, let me go get my pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It depends on where you're at and if you have insurance or not. Just like that's where we start. Okay. And then you can go. I encourage people if you have insurance to go through insurance just because it saves you a shit ton of money. It's great that it's covered by insurance. Yeah. And also find out how many sessions like some will start with like, let's say six or seven to 10. Mm-hmm. And then if you, let's say you have a diagnosis of depression or um, another type of diagnosis, they can extend it and extend the session. How do you get diagnosed? I know we're like, I keep That's like okay. piling on questions. It's just seeing a professional. Could be a psychiatrist or a doctor, could be a therapist or a social worker, Is any mental health professional. Something that you have to bring up the first meeting to where it's like, I need to be diagnosed or do they just kind of... They'll know. Yeah. Especially if you're going through insurance, they like require it. Oh. Interesting. And so, you know, like if I tried to give you a super bill or submit something to insurance, they'd be like, it doesn't have a diagnostic code. Oh, wow. Denied. Interesting. So sometimes when people don't have a diagnosis, it's like, oh, we just do checkups and you're just doing well, then they're just going to have to pay out of pocket. Because I imagine that's a big stopping point, especially for young people. Yeah. Of just like, they don't know, like, do they just go to their family doctor and it's like, I'm feeling depressed? Do they no, get they'll referred? No, they'll just give you medication. Yeah. yeah. It, which isn't bad. Like, medication is not a bad thing, but like, we know that in combination with therapy, it's the best. Da-da, with the powers combined. Um, so doing that. But so go through insurance, get a list, go online because we live in cities. Yay! Yay! If you're in a rural community, it's a little harder but I always tell people to read reviews online and know that people are more likely to write bad ones but take into consideration what they're saying and if that would be something that would affect you as well and and then call them like so if you can't even read reviews call make a couple appointments with different ones and see different people because the most important thing in therapy is that you like them yeah and Mm -hmm. that you're like I could talk to you versus feeling like they can fix my problems because that's not what happens Mm -hmm. you just have to like them and you just have to be able to talk to someone Mm -hmm. I feel like also for maybe younger people, like other people experiencing what they're experiencing mm-hmm. would help 
like friends yeah. or people in similar situations, teachers? Yeah, teachers are a great resource, school counselors. Mm -hmm. um, there's tons of resources like that, when, especially in college. Like when I was in college um, and I was in therapy, because I, I, I love therapy. I know that sounds weird, but it's so helpful. Like no, I go, no, it really is. I, was, I go in and out like periodically. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like I, like I listen to a lot of a few different podcasts, and I feel like every podcast, like the ones that I love the most, like all of the hosts are like, oh yeah, like last week my therapy session. I'm just yeah. like, oh wait, like people actually do this. I think that's what's like yeah. the most, especially for myself, like the most trying thing to break out of is like, oh, people act like this isn't like a bad thing. This isn't like a way to feel negative like people actually yeah. do this and like more people should do it <laughs> totally because it helps us like become better versions of ourselves mm -hmm. we're all like works in progress right, right. yeah mm -hmm. so um but i guess it's just finding someone that you feel connected to finding someone you can work through things with and yeah i don't know that's what really it, how i reckon what if it's the opposite where you identify someone as having an illness of some mm -hmm. sort and you say like you should talk to someone and like i am not qualified to like Mm. I don't feel like I'm in a position where I feel like I could help you or like be someone you could talk to you, but I feel like you should get help or talk to someone about this and they're hesitant to do it or they don't want help. At, at that point, it's up to you as the person in the relationship with the other. So let's say it's a friend. Mm -hmm. You like can distance yourself as to protect because sometimes the thing that's tricky is someone's struggling and they don't want help yet but they're making our life miserable because they're miserable. <laughs> yeah. Especially like romantic relationships. Yeah. You're like, ah. So that's up to you how much you can handle. And everyone knows the thing that I think is important is noticing our bodies are really smart and they tell us when things are shitty and bad and we need to get out because we start not sleeping well. Yeah. We start like thinking stressful thoughts when nothing's going on. We start having our own response to the like toxic stimuli or like the person who's struggling. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to you how much you can handle. But at that point, you can say, like, I, I just can't spend that much time with you right now. It's really hard. And they might lash out, but at least you're being honest. You're being authentic. Mm. Yeah. Like, I really encourage you to get help. I know you might not be there yet, but it's hard on me. Like, I even had a girlfriend when I was probably going through the shittiest time in my life. I, um, she was like, you're hard to be around. And I was like, imagine how I feel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm around me all the yeah. time. <laughs> like, yes, Don't, but that's the truth. Like, it, you know, yeah. and it was one of those moments where I'm like, thanks. Like, I needed that. Like, I'm an asshole. Because I was, like, having a hard time. I was like, I don't need to go see Jan on my thing. I'm like, I'm doing fine. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot like, of people no, just think it, accept, it like affects their self and that's it. Yeah. Right. Not realizing it affects, like, people around them and right. people who love them. Yeah. And so everybody's going to be different with how much you can tolerate. But it's fair to say, like, hey, I can't right yeah. now. I love you. Don't, like, I'm not running away. But, like, also, time out, you mm. know. Totally. All right, we're, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, another thing you specialize in that mm -hmm. we want to talk about is eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And so we had some people submit questions about that too. But first, we're going to start with an Ask Us Anything. And the question is, how young were you when you first felt self-conscious or aware of your weight? And this was submitted by Anonymous. Um, so I used to be overweight back in like middle school to high school. I think the first time it happened to me was probably around middle school when a kid asked if I brought my bra to school or something like that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Kids are brutal. Yeah, yeah for sure. Really um, but, yeah, after that, it was just like it was it was constantly being aware of it and stuff like that. And being in athletics, the position I was playing football, I had to be bigger. Mm -hmm. and, uh, a linebacker? No, I was playing, like, offensive line. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, my dad was the offensive line coach. But um, that was definitely a time when I was very aware of it. And then I realized how unhappy I was, and that's when I started making the change and running and stuff like that. So. There's also mm -hmm. a lot of people who experience something like that, but they do something where, and this is a common question that we got where they felt unhappy, so they ate, but they mm -hmm. are unhappy because they eat, but it's like this endless cycle. cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and there's not a lot of people who are able to like kind of break out of that and be like, I'm going to change. It's just yeah, endless. food and feelings should not be connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> My food and my are definitely connected. Yeah. For me, way. I was always like a string bean growing up um, as a kid. And that was like my like my nickname was Flacca, which is like uh -huh, just skinny, skinny girl. girl. Really? Um, growing up as, you know, up until pretty much like middle school. And then I gained a little bit of weight in middle school and, and or in high school. And it wasn't until like college really where I was like, oh, shit, like I'm not that like skinny string bean kid anymore. Like I got to watch out what I'm doing and like yeah luckily I moved to Austin and then was like walking everywhere and, and you know was more more conscious of, of what I was doing with my body but um did you feel self-conscious at all when people were calling you skinny of just like oh maybe um, I should eat more or something or not really because it, it's just like especially in Mexican culture there everyone has nicknames and a lot of the times they're not so nice and a lot of times they're like really mean it's just, just like oh that's how we play with each other you know yeah um so it was mostly like I'm just happy you're not calling me anything else <laughs> for me it was very actually, I think a lot later in life than a lot of people experience it. It was probably around the age of 16, mm -hmm. 16 or 17. Um, I was always very skinny, very, very skinny growing up. And by the age of 12, I had already hit the height of five foot nine. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I had stretch marks everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was like super string bean, super skinny. And I met this woman one time who was a... Um, she basically worked for modeling agencies as like a person who would develop models mm -hmm. and then send them to agencies. And she met me once and she's like, you should come down to Toronto and we'll get some photo shoots going and like build you a portfolio and we'll send you out to agencies because I, I see potential. Mm -hmm. I spent a week there and it was so much fun and it was like getting to do all these photo shoots. And then she wrote me this letter at the end of it saying, I think you have so much potential, you need to lose 20 pounds. What? And I was just Sweet like- Jesus. I weigh 123 pounds, mm -hmm. and you want me to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm five foot nine. Sixth of your weight. Yeah. I was like, gone. am yeah. I, am I chub? Like, because I always thought of myself as thin. Because you were. Because I, I was. <laughs> um, like for any normal human mm -hmm. standards. Um, but hearing that for the first time, and I'm like, oh well, I kind of want to pursue this. Like, maybe I should yeah. start like working out more and eating healthier or mm -hmm. something because I was a teenager so I was eating yeah, like, whatever you want yeah right? eating like shit and nothing to do I was playing basketball mm -hmm. so it was just like constant exercise slam dunkleman so I never thought about it before because it was just I was just living life I was just eating my Reese's peanut butter cups every night while I was watching the Simpsons and yeah, playing muscle in the morning be. and Dude, yeah. there's something about that industry because like when I had started getting into shape and stuff like that I saw an opening for a fit model which is a person that goes mm -hmm. in and they they put you in clothes and then they kind of make the clothes. You're like the template yeah. for, for the fit. And I went in and I went through a couple of interviews and I was going and things were going well. And then I went to this one guy and he was like the deciding factor. He was a gatekeeper into this whole thing. And he, uh, he I was sitting in front of him with just my boxers on. He's like, okay, and spin around. He's like, did you break your shoulder? Your shoulder's fucked up. And he's just like, just assessing me oh right God. in front of me. And I was oh, just like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I mean, it's the reality where that industry is very yeah. unhealthy and the standards are very off from where you should be as a normal human. Yeah, there's no sugar coating. Yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. She's, just like, like, she's yeah. just like, you need to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, yeah. ah, from where? Yeah. <laughs> How? Here's what? my head. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to just take one of my legs? So like, <laughs> right. Um, so I think I spent about a week or two being like, I'm going to try like run in the mornings and then like eat salad instead of lunch. And then after a week or two, I'm just like, 
nah. You're like, I don't like this. Nah. And for me. Not worth it. I'm going to go pursue my brain. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Much more important. Not saying models are not smart or whatever. No, but but that's like, instead of this, this. Yeah. Yeah. A different, different path. Yeah. And I think body image for me was like a, probably middle school-ish. It's hard to like know how old I was, maybe 12, 13, because I was always, um, like, I've always been really muscular. And I know that sounds really weird, but as a girl, it was like awkward. Or imagine kind of. like a bodybuilding twelve year old. <laughs> but like my Hi, brother Katie. and I both. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> I'm gonna pump you up. <laughs> but I remember, like as a kid, um, you know, my like family would make jokes, and everybody had nicknames and stuff. Um, and so they would, you know, it was like always like I had ass kicking legs and like, ah. Oh, yeah. And I always thought it was a good thing or whatever. And then I remember getting in school and getting comments from boys like, oh, you know, like you're like what you work out, you like lift weights or whatever. And I was like, no, I play soccer. Like yeah. that's all I do. Um, and so that was probably when I was, yeah, when I was pretty like first noticing it. And then girls started to get boobs and I didn't. And mm. it was like that weird thing as a girl where you're like. You know, and I was already like, I'm not feminine. What? I don't know. It was a weird, like, I was a tomboy, but I don't know. It's like, as a girl, it was like figuring out. I don't know why we feel like we need to, but I feel like I need to figure out, like, yeah. where did I fit? Yeah. yeah. So Especially, like, with boobs and stuff. Like, oh, I always started developing yeah. those in, like, the 11th grade? Yeah. Or something like that? Like, I was a that? slow bloomer yeah, with that. Yeah, you're <laughs> Is that when, yeah, that's when they asked about your bra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, boobs, though. Like, now talking about boobs and mm. thinking back on it, it's like, yeah, that was... You know, I went from being really, really skinny to then just having boobs. big boobs, much bigger than all of my friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But no, definitely did change my perspective of how I looked at myself because I was like, now I have these things. And I don't like them. Like, how do I, you know, so I'd like mm-hmm. walk, walk, touch over. Yeah. I'm still like, I still, you know, feel like I'm thin, but now I have these boulders on me. How do I like handle that? Yeah, or and it, it's like both ways. It's like the heavy or the skinny or the yeah. boobs or the no boobs. Either way, yeah. we're not happy because we're right. like, what's going on? My boobs change size all the time because I wear sports bras a lot, uh-huh. which like squishes them down most of the time. And that's like when I'm most comfortable. Totally. Because yeah. I feel like it's just, I think it's also like when they start developing, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want people to see these. Yeah, yeah you no, don't want so. them to be noticed. And, and I think I've, snapping bras and stuff, you're like, yeah. ah! I kind of like so thing bad. that you went yeah. through? Yeah, so did you? God, yeah, yeah no, like totally. Boys are dicks. They are. Terrible. Blaine's like, I was Nice boy. He's like, I don't want me to snap my own. Ah. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding, you didn't have a bra in high school. They used to wear undershirts. They were like a man bra for me. Yeah, this little time it, sounds like, it sounds like Blaine needs to be in a safe space. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps a Squarespace? <laughs> Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of Always Open. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to create a website or online store. They have beautiful award-winning designer templates, 24-7 customer service, and domains. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever made a website before, yes, but I have. Sure have. What was I your have. website? Oh, katiemorton.com. Oh, if you've been thinking about starting your own website, like Katie has, or online store, start your free trial today at squarespace.com alwaysopen and enter the code alwaysopen to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. All right, so let's move on to our questions from users. This one comes from a user named Miffy, which is an awesome name. I love the names. Miffy. (laughs) I am 18 years old and a plus-size girl who is fairly happy with her body. Whenever I look in the mirror, I'm happy with what I see, but when I'm alone with my thoughts, I have an obsession with being skinny. 
I even run a thinspo blog. I've never participated in fasting or purging, but I often think about that I should do it. I guess my question is, can that be considered an eating disorder if I don't act on it? And the short answer is yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because the thing about eating disorders that people don't understand is that it's not about the food. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really weird, but it's not about being skinny. It's not about being fat. It's not about it at all. It's a fact that we want to control our bodies and our, the food intake in some way to help with something else. So the fact that it's taking up all of her brain space tells me that something else is going on. Yeah. And so she's cloaking it with that. Because truth, she's not. it's not about her body. But she's like, but at night, I think, about, I mean, that, that means something else is going on. Yeah, because I mean, there's a difference between like every now and then I'll, I'll look at pictures on Pinterest or Instagram of like someone with a nice body and I'll mm-hmm. like save it to be like if I go to the gym, I'll be like, oh, like be nice to like aim towards that kind of goal. More like using it as like not inspiration, but just like more motivating, like, motivating or I guess like where's the difference between using it for that purpose and other purposes? I, my what my rule that I always say, like to all of my viewers in general is if if it inhibits your ability to function regularly or you find it consuming most of your brain space, it's a problem. Yeah. In general. Like, that's like mental illness mm. as a whole. But yeah. it's true. Like, hmm. I even, um, one of my girlfriends was telling me, she's like, I like stress about working out like every day and I have to do it every day. And I was like, stop for a bit. Like, take a break. Take a month off and like see your therapist. Talk about it. And she's like, wow. And then later we were talking about it. And she's like, yeah, I guess I was just really stressed out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And that was her coping skill. And it's not a terrible coping skill, but it's something you have to like keep in check because often we'll swing from one to the other too. Like I'll have clients who are like, oh, I'm, I'm so heavy. I need to get fit and like I'm going to improve myself. And I, like my doctor said my health is at risk. And we're like, okay, this is a good choice. See a dietitian, figure it out. But then it gets to the point where it's like, I never eat this and I don't eat after this time and all these like rules and rigidity and scheduling. I'm like, then it's a problem. Like, again, like yeah. we've just swapped one for the other. I just think there's, I feel like there's a very fine line between obsession and mm-hmm. just trying to stay on like a regimented schedule. Yeah, because like health, our yeah. whole society is like, oh, be healthy, yeah. well, like count your and, calories, mm-hmm. and, but don't, you know, please don't. <laughs> like I kind of sweating I, over here. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, do I, I don't know if you're comfortable bringing it up, but Blaine is someone who obviously goes to the gym a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't know pets. if it's something that like you think about because I know like when All we're filming time, yeah. something. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd have like a calorie counting app and like I log foods and it's gotten to the point where it's like, I only go to Chipotle because I know that I can expect this macros and that and stuff like that. So I think that's impacted my social life mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, are oh, you guys are going drinking tonight? I'm going to stay in because uh, I don't, I don't want to drink tonight. Yeah. So I think that's something that I'm dealing with. Well, being a chubby kid too can do that. Like, yeah. yeah. Because it, it's like that, then you got hurt essentially people were rude and mean and so then we're like well if I do this then I don't get that okay it's like positive you know affirmation for what you're doing Mm -hmm. and working out and being healthy is fine but it's like if you won't go out or you go to certain places like someone should be able to ask you hey we're going for barbecue and you're like I'm hungry cool because the goal always is like to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full which sounds easy but it can be hard for people yeah question so right now I'm kind of I'm kind of like (laughs) doing this because I have a I have an end in sight so it's gonna be like Australia Uh and I want to be like in shape when I go to the beach and you know like and and all that stuff is that still kind of like a bit of an issue when I'm just like well once I reach that point then I can kind of relax and stuff or is it still it's still it's still yeah worrisome okay it's not like you I wouldn't say oh you have a full-blown eating disorder we need to get you into treatment but Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to talk to somebody in general. I mean, just like, the way that you guys were talking about it's like, yeah, just hopping into therapy. Like, I think I might actually look into that because yeah. it's like, that seems like something that's like 
I could relax a bit and well, open up things, with somebody. Like, you don't realize how much stuff in your childhood like affected you. I do, yeah, a lot. Yeah, but it's true. Like yeah. we often just don't realize how like hard that was for us yeah. or something. Because if as a kid you don't have all the co- like the tools to cope. So we're like, ooh, and we think something's wrong with us, mm-hmm. and could doesn't everybody else feel this way? It's also like taking comfort in that, mm-hmm. like of like, I know, like I'm gonna feel good if I go to the gym and I mm-hmm. eat here, like I'll feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and I take comfort in knowing that I'm doing that and mm-hmm. I'm like having that. Yeah, it's like really linked to OCD. It's not the same, but eating disorders in general, especially the restrictive or the exercise addiction type, it's like a, I feel stressed and anxious if I don't do it. It's like the compulsion, and then when you do the action, then you're like, ah. And then we go every day, it's again. It's like the oh, same. Shit. Again, it's like a build. And like, I just got diagnosed because like, there's been times <laughs> where I've been like, I've been, yeah, like I'll go to the gym at like 3 a.m. Oh, no, no, Yeah, no, no. and I'll be like, oh, I didn't get my workout in today. All right, here we go. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's good to, in truth, exercise three times a week for 30 minutes. Unless you're trying to like lose weight and you should do that with a dietitian, your doctor. When you're mm-hmm. trying to like maintain. It's yeah, just like that's what our body needs to keep us. Because we move around in day, we walk around. It, you do things in your daily life. Mm-hmm. You don't need to like go work out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's like a lot of these diet plans and books about like what you should do and these crazy fads that are running yeah. around and people being like, oh, you need to do this every single day and, mm-hmm. you know, count things and measure things and thing. And it, it becomes obsessive for a lot of people. Totally. When, like, you don't have that control, I guess. Yeah. Now I know why you brought me on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't even thinking, like, that was an issue for you. No, no, it, it absolutely is. I mean, every now and then I'm, like, if we're going to be on a podcast together, he's like, well, I got to go to the gym first. And I'm like, Pre-podcast do you? Like, do you? <laughs> Wasn't there actually a time that you, like, did your protein shake with your beer? You're like, I'm gonna drink this beer and I'm gonna drink it with a That was mostly for laughs. That was for <laughs>, oh, yeah. laughs. But yeah, there has been times yeah. where like, and I've eased off of this where it's like, I'm about to be on camera, push-ups. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, I'm yeah. a fucking crazy person. That's but, eased off, so. But that's the thing, it's like, it becomes obsessive and you know it, we just don't want to recognize well, it. Well, I think it's also heightened, like you probably already had that to some extent because of your experiences mm-hmm. with like body issues and stuff, but also it's heightened because we're on camera. Totally. And we're in the public eye and it's like, you think about like, all oh, these people are gonna be looking at me mm-hmm. and like, Camera adds 10 pounds Dude, and like for real, all this stuff. Like I even think about it of like one time I wore a dress that was like cut up here and mm-hmm. it made it look like I had a belly and all the comments were just like, is Barbara pregnant? And I'm like, do I really look that fat? Like, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, God, no. like what? That yeah. shit happens a lot where yeah. they'll be like, mm, well, it's looking a little fluffy lately. And I'd be like, fuck, what? Like you don't realize, uh, I think people don't realize so how, how those comments <laughs> like yeah. just yeah. eat away. And I, I'm sure it happens to plenty of people just who aren't even on camera, who just like are on social media yeah, and post right. a picture online. It's or we like, can tell ourselves those things. Yeah. Yep. That's the, the hardest thing is the conversation you have with yourself. And that's like where recovery from that starts and like body image is just like changing that conversation so that you're nice to yourself. Yeah. Which sounds so silly. Like I should be nice to myself, but we're assholes to ourselves in general. Yeah. We're like, we're so stupid and lazy and fat and da da da. It just goes on and on. Just guilt yourself too much. Mm-hmm. I feel like I fluctuate. Like, I don't, I, I've never considered myself to have any sort of eating disorder, but there are times when, I, I don't know if it's like I feel bloated mm-hmm. or I'm just like in a certain mindset where I'm just like, I look awful, I feel awful, and I'm like, all right, I'm only going to eat, like, salads today and, mm-hmm. like, not eat after five o'clock and stuff, and, but then the next day I'm just like, pizza! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and our body, like, does that because it wants balance. Yeah. And so if we are really restrictive, and if you say no to blank, 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 that's all you can think about. Right. Because you're like, oh, pizza, why, you know? 
Well, that's why I think a lot of diets recommend the cheat meal or cheat day. I was going to say, you're not a dietitian, but you might have some input on this from a psychological standpoint. Five or six days out of the week, I'll be like, you know, I, this is my regimen. This is what I'm going to do. And then, like, there's, like, one day out of the week where I'm just like, I just eat all the pizza. Is that, like, a normal thing? Is that a good, healthy behavior? No? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 because then you're restricting yourself. And it's not that we should all eat pizza all day, every day. Because truth is, you don't want it. Like, yeah. that, and that's the, that's the honest thing. That's why it's like listening to your body. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is buy the intuitive eating workbook. It's like, it's the shit. Eating okay. Yeah, it's like, it talks about like noticing when you're hungry, because I'm bad at this. I will literally get distracted, and then all of a sudden be like, oh my God, feed me. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband's like, okay, <laughs> yes. He's like, here, no. snacks. Because <laughs> I, like, I get really grouchy. I totally do the hangry yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are times for, for me too, like with the pizza thing, where... I just like some days I'm just like the pizza comes into the studio and I'm like eh, I don't really feel like it. Yeah, and other days where I like I'll smell it I'm like yeah you're like pizza pizza <laughs> I need all the pizzas baby and that's our body's way like balancing yeah. so I know that people who are in restrictive diets are like I'll go crazy I'll totally get fat again things are gonna get out of control they really don't mm. as long as we it's like all in moderation you're just like eating as you're hungry and you will crave like broccoli. Yeah, which sounds weird, but sometimes you're like, I really just want like vegetables because our body really tells us what we want, but we just are like, shut up, you don't know, you don't know shit. I want pizza, or I only want Chipotle so on Wednesday. So your body sounds like that's what my body sounds. It totally that's how it talks to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mine's just like, like a little. I, I figure it's, I always picture like a little German man that's like, give me food. He's so angry, and then, I, I, I tried to tell you hours ago. <laughs> My internal body's definitely not a German. Man. Uh, <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> Mine is an old Jewish woman. Oh, yeah. It's like, what? You're not gonna eat. Feed yourself. <laughs> yeah, nothing but skin and bone. Come on, come on. Come on. I made gefilte fish. You're not gonna eat it. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you guys actually gefilte fish? Yeah. Uh, Only okay. on certain. It holidays, looks scary. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be delicious or terrible. Okay. Depending mm. on where it's from or who made it. Okay. Isn't that Good that's the know? truth with everything, though? That's you know? very true. Pizza could delicious or yeah, depending on where you get it, who made it, and yeah. All right, let's move on to our final question of the day. This is from Dalton, and uh, Blaine is actually excited about this question. Not anymore, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm a guy who eats healthy and exercises regularly, but no matter how much weight I lose, I still see myself as fat or not good enough. Why can I never see the progress I have made? Because of the conversation you have with yourself. Because it doesn't. It's just like anorexia as a whole. They always say, like, you look in the mirror and you don't see what you actually, what another person would see. You yeah. always see a fat person. And even when my closest friends went through this huge, like, weight loss, which she was, like, to the point of obese where a doctor was like, what happened, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so she started losing weight and she would tell me, she's like, I still feel fat. Like, I'm not going to wear clothes like that. Like, I, oh. And she was back to a normal, healthy weight. And so I was like, you got to go to therapy and, like, talk to someone about it because it's all about what you tell yourself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It, because it, it's like we, we're nasty and oftentimes we'll say things like, oh, you know, like like you said, some days I'll feel totally bloated and fat and other days I'm like, no, yeah. I feel I fine. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, hey. And it's really just, it's all up here. It has nothing to do with how we look. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. what was Dalton? Yeah. His name? Totally not Blaine. Uh, no that's something that that I've often experienced that was like a big struggle for the first year and a half or two years of trying to get into shape from high school I'm sure it's just like god you're not making any progress dude and then I'd be like in reality I'd be like perfectly healthy so 
Or it's like certain aspects of your body or like certain parts of it where it's just like, oh, like I have extra fat here, or like love handles or cellulite. So or, like what's, what's the, what are the steps to take to remedy that to where you have a more positive internal dialogue with yourself? It's starting small because it is hard. It's like something we do all day and we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. It's, I always tell people like say five nice things. So at the end of the day, keep like a notepad by your bed or keep notes in your phone, but it's easier just, it's better to write. Yeah. Like the way that we soak things up, it's better for us to actually put pen to paper. Hmm. Write down the five most common like shitty things you say. To yourself. Mm -hmm. So notice. Like I'm lazy, I'm stupid, I'm fat or whatever. And then write, talk back to it with a positive voice. And if you can't do it from your own voice, imagine it's like your best friend or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever and do it that way. Hmm. What about actually like showing that list to someone like your boyfriend or your girlfriend? You could if it helps. I find it to, it's because it's all about us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like doing it for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and let yourself read it and like soak it up and keep doing it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for the whole like self affirmation thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it sounds cheesy, but yeah, totally. But looking in the mirror and being like, your hair looks great today. Yeah. Or like, I, you got nice eyes or whatever yeah. it is to tell yourself something positive about how you feel. Yeah. And it's like, some people are just like, I can't do that. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't say that to myself. It's, that's, so, that's so lame. But yeah. start and try. Yeah, one of my favorite YouTube videos, I think, it's, I think it's a little girl named Jessica, and it's like an older video on YouTube, but she's standing in front of the mirror, and she's like standing on the sink. She's like, I look great. Yes, I love my mom. I love my dad. Does she I love really curly, yeah, yes. super curly hair. And she was like, was all right, awesome. I want to be her. Like, I want to have like a daily affirmation every day and just be like, you all right, girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that is so cute. There's also one of my favorites on Soul Pancake. Uh, it's called Beautiful Body. Mm -hmm. And it's this like spoken word poem. They ran into this woman, I think in D.C. or something. And she talks about like, these arms, you know, hug loved ones of mine. I have a beautiful body. And like she goes yeah. through it all. And I was like, oh, I'm like crying. <laughs> all right, well, YouTube videos. I haven't cried yet today. Oh, so so <laughs> go watch that one later. <laughs> I'm going to say. Get it loaded up. Here yeah, we go. Our watch list. But it was good. And I, it's part of like what you should practice. Like, okay. Talking nice to yourself. I have a beautiful body. It does this. And if you can't talk to it like I love, I have wonderful eyes or something, you can say like my eyes, I am able to see. Not everybody has that luxury. Yeah. They work. My feet get me around. They keep me balanced. Yeah. You know, I have all my fingers. I'm healthy. They work. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a major illness that's keeping me staying in a bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like anything like that. You can get I totally down to the nitty gritty of it if you have to. Yeah. Um, I also think one of the things it's like recognize the progress you've made mm -hmm. too. Like this this guy Dalton says he's been working out and that he feels like he he still looks fat, but it's also maybe like oh like my arm looks good today, yeah. or like I you know I actually have like muscle definition going mm -hmm. on, or like or how strong it is. my arm is. Look what all it can do. Yeah, and I used to not do this, and now it's able to do it. So yeah. it's like recognize Yay. your small victories mm -hmm. as well. Totally. So really probably cool. tracking the the details of that like weight and stuff like that probably not a great idea then. No. My, my white scale died like months ago, and I was just <laughs> like, I think I'm okay without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, that, that's good. And yeah. like tracking, I'm anti-calorie apps. Yeah. Just because I'm like, eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. Yeah. yeah. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. That's your diet book, just one page. Eat when yeah. you're hungry and <laughs> stop when you're full. Oh, yeah. all right. Ta-da. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that's all we have for today, but I also wanted to end the show um, with maybe you letting us know some resources people could use in order to find help or ask questions or things they should read or anything like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of resources out there. And if you are in a rural area, sometimes self-help books and workbooks can be great. Like the intuitive eating workbook is great for the eating disorder world. There's also, you know, a bunch. 
I can send links if you want to put them in the description yeah, or things sure. like that. But you can look into workbooks and just read the reviews on Amazon. That's what I do. Mm. That's how you know if they're helpful to people. Um, but as far as online, seven cups of tea is like peer support. So if you're having a really hard time, you can reach out. You can talk to someone, you know, 24-7. Seven cups of tea? Uh-huh. Never heard of that before. Yeah, no. and it's not professionals, but often we just need connection. That's what we're seeking. Right. So that's a great resource for that. If you are, like, suicidal and you're going to harm yourself, please call 911. Please take yourself to an emergency room. There are suicide hotlines around the world. Um, and also, like, my website is katiemorton.com. We have chat on there that is the same as, like, peer support, and it's moderated, so it's a safe space. And that's just a way to get more help and support. And if you're looking for a therapist, there is therapistfinder.com. And Good Therapy also has great resources to find someone. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks for having me. This has been one of my favorite and episodes. Thank you guys oh, for joining me as yeah, well. Sure. Thanks for having us. very part. openly about this. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for watching this episode. If you ever have any questions for us, um, we're hoping to do another episode like this at some point in the future because I know there's a lot to get to. Um, so feel free to email us at alwaysopen at roosterteeth.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, you do. Mm. I do. <laughs> <laughs>